The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. My name's Maureen Metcalf, and today we're talking to Christopher and Sheila Cook. Christopher and Sheila are significant thought leaders in their field. And during the Innovative Leadership Radio Show, our guests have fallen into primarily two categories, thought leaders and executive practitioners. Going forward, we're going to delineate the shows into the categories of thought leaders and executive practitioners. And Sheila and Christopher are definitely in the thought leader field. While they also do a great deal in practical application, they're going to be presenting uh, frameworks and constructs that aren't commonly used yet in the organizational community. So they share an overarching purpose, one viable planet. They're focused on the release of latent capabilities that equip humanity to cope with complexity and forge a world that works for all life. Together, they lead Five Deep, a specialist training and advisory company that's focused on igniting the new era through thought leadership, innovation, and change. So if we think back to the early discussions of Leader 2050 and the challenges that we're going to face over most of our professional lifetimes, their work is really intended to provide frameworks that help us move forward and introduce tools that, while some of them uh, were the research was started in the 70s, have not been generally used by a broad population. So their practice is um, focused on training and education of practitioners through an approach known as Solonics that builds upon the lineage of integral psychology, started by Claire Graves in the 70s, and their advanced application of holistic management as a hub of the Savory Institute across all continents. Their mantra is stance matters, and their business is enabling human emergence, and their success will be measured when they are no longer needed. Christopher's the founder and lead consultant of Five Deep. He's an international senior manager, consultant, coach, confidant, counselor, therapist, trainer, and qualified engineer with over 28 years of experience in pioneering and supporting personal and organizational change. He's focused on the release of latent human capacities to navigate gracefully through complexity, innovation, and change. Christopher has become a leading figure in the practical demonstration of the Claire Graves technology known as spiral dynamics and also integral theory since 1997. His commitment and focus have have seen application across many continents. 
Sheila is a director and lead consultant at Five Deep. With over 20 years of experience in leading international business, Sheila specializes as a designer and trainer of virtual and face-to-face collaboration processes that build resilience and adaptability within organizations to lead through complexity by by building capacity for self-organization. She leads the land and livestock management for life, an operating division within Five Deep, which is part of the Savory Institute network. I selected Christopher and Sheila because of their work in Solonics and formerly Spiral Dynamics. This is something I started studying about 10 years ago, and it really answered some deep questions I had about how organizations, businesses, communities and and continents, governments, change and evolve? What does evolution look like? What steps need to be in place before we can look at the next logical steps? So one of the case studies we looked at was how South Africa evolved during the end of the apartheid movement. And Spiral Dynamics provided a framework that helped uh, me make sense of, of the steps that were taken and how one might orchestrate large or wholesale system changes well beyond an organization. And so that's what Christopher and Sheila are really looking at is what are some of the biggest global problems and how might this framework of spiral dynamics and Solonics be used to solve those problems. So they've been looking across history and culture to see how thought leadership changes cultures. So back to the idea that we're now doing a thought leadership series And how do these new frameworks and ways of thinking really change the way we address the challenges they're facing? They have a passionate focus on soil as the basis for human health and that of the biosphere. So they recognize that unless we change radically, we'll no longer have sustainable soil for the very food that sustains our lives. We need to be developing the underutilized talents and looking to places we have neglected for our leaders. So basically solving the, the soil problem, starting with what leaders do and how we think about it, and then how we work with our people to d- develop solutions. They s- describe this work as seeking the seed minds of today to help change the future, and uh, we know who those seed minds are. Now using Solonics, they focus on integrating the soul of the emergence of the whole person for a fully integrated stance. So now let's go back to the Voice America series. We provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders that help prepare all of us to lead our organizations and our communities and our governments through the wide range of changes that we're going to be facing. And it's my personal hope that by providing thought leaders and also executives who are implementing these new ways of of thinking and being that we will provide the opportunity for all of our listeners to be exposed to to solutions that will help them move forward in, in their spaces. So in the past, we've talked about mind of a scientist and as a leader in an organization or an emerging leader, how might you take what you're learning today and change behavior? With the thought leadership series, we're inviting you to to expand your thinking about things and through that expanded thinking, 
that will also encourage you to, to change behaviors in some ways. So my hope today is that after listening to Christopher and Sheila, that you have expanded your perspective just a bit on um, how we solve large-scale problems. So now let's move to Christopher and Sheila and have them share a bit of their personal and company backgrounds, and then we'll jump right into a rich conversation. So, Christopher and Sheila, over to you. Thank you, Maureen, for a very uh, comprehensive introduction. And uh, Sheila's going to kick off this evening. Thank you, Maureen. Um, Five Deep, we offer a principle-based approach that is outlined scientifically and validated through repeatable experience. And we focus on change management through leadership development, process optimization, and cultural facilitation. And the only thing I'd like to add is just a personal note of how Christopher and I actually met. Uh, We met four years ago, and uh, I decided I wanted to really understand at a much deeper level how it is that people change. I was working on a project in Korea and a colleague of mine recommended that I look at Christopher and his online cultural assessment instruments. So I took one of those instruments for myself and I hired Christopher as my coach in order to really understand what the information meant. And we were to have a 30-minute conversation to go over my data But it went to two and a half hours, and I was just so fascinated with everything, and I I really fell in love with Christopher's mind in that call. And we were married about six months later, and we, we worked together, and it's been just a real pleasure for me to learn every day with Christopher in our work and in our lives. Mm, thank you, Sheila. <laughs> well, uh, I think the only thing, I, thing I'd add is that about myself. Um, in '97, I decided to leave the water industry. That uh, I was involved heavily in, in the United Kingdom, and I'd been one of the uh, protagonists in the privatisation process of the UK water industry. And I realised that uh, at last I was able to make sense of why we'd been so successful and why I'd been so successful in the work that we'd done and when I came across the work of Claire W. Graves. And that gave me insights that uh, did two things. One, it gave me the comfort to move forward with what I intuitively knew, but also, most importantly, it created a space uh, into which I knew I wanted to grow. And so I think I could summarize myself this evening, Maureen, is I'm here simply because I've got an insatiable curiosity and the application of this knowledge of human emergence is what inspires me. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining today and and sharing your insights. And so I want to take a a slightly different direction than we had planned. Um, You've talked about... Uh, the the question of soil and the challenge of soil. And so let's start with going in that direction. Why does this matter? And then let's talk about leadership so that we do start the conversation from the context of what's the problem that you're using Solonics to solve, recognizing that it can be used for lots of other challenges. It just seems that the soil problem 
is something that I didn't know about, probably many of our listeners don't know about. And it, as an example of, of the complexity and interconnection across multiple systems that we're facing. That, that's a big question. And, and probably what we'll do in these next few minutes is just outline the scale of the challenge. But also I just want to go back to, to just bring clarity to what we mean by Salonics and, and then the, the listener can have a context. Mm-hmm. Um, in Australia, in the 30-year drought, traditional agricultural methods fell over and I was fortunate as part of my international curiosity about what's possible to work with many farmers who'd been forced to innovate and the key message from that community, that whole country, was that effectively we we knew very little about soils before the drought but as a consequence of the drought, they began to understand the significance of working with the microbiome. And I was involved with what today would be called microbiomics. It's really a new science of the understanding of the microbiology of the soil. So from a place of relative ignorance in terms of understanding soil, we're now in a world that's applying agrochemical methods, for example, um, that's leading to really large-scale degradation of the soil. And the statistic that Sheila and I love to quote is that for every half a ton of food produced, there is 20 tons of soil degraded to a point where it's unusable. And I wonder if Sheila wants to add anything to this story about soil. Yeah, so one-third of the Earth's surface is grassland, and 70% of the Earth's grassland is degraded. And what that means in what we call a brittle environment is desertification is happening. Uh, land is Good usable land is turning to desert, and that leads to problems that we see, for example, people leaving North Africa and the Middle East as... Um, uh, refugees into Europe really because they have unhealthy soil or degraded soil. And soil is the foundation of our civilization. It enables us to have the food that we need that underpins all of human existence. And then secondly, uh, healthy soil is able to uh, sequester carbon And it's because of the fact that land has become so degraded and especially grassland has become so degraded um, because of our agricultural practices um, that has released a lot of CO2 and methane into the air. And um, when we're able to uh, restore the grasslands to function the way that they normally did, uh, we're going to be able to withdraw a lot of carbon from the atmosphere and store it back into the soil. So just to give you an example, when we look at conventional agriculture, that soil can only store about 0.2 tons of of carbon per hectare. And when we go to organic, which we view just as an interim technology in agriculture, 
it goes to two tons per hectare. And when we go to really the most advanced form that we know on the planet today, which is biological agriculture, you can store 20 tons of carbon per hectare, uh, which is 100 times more than what we're doing typically in conventional agriculture. And what we're doing with um, Solonics is really helping farmers to make that transition um, because to, in order to make that shift from conventional agriculture to organic or biological or holistic uh, agriculture, um, it requires a shift in how people think. And that's uh, what we are able to achieve using Solonics, is supporting the shift that's going on naturally. Okay, so, so let me just recap and then we'll go to a break. So why it matters specifically for soil is the rate at which we're degrading soil is causing major societal issues, including some of the immigration challenges that we're facing. So that needs to be resolved to to address bigger social issues and that by changing the way we think about things or our mindsets, we'll be developing new solutions. So with that, let's go to break. And we'll be back with uh, Christopher Cook and Sheila Cook talking about Solonics and getting into then how does Solonics help us address this and other big societal problems. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. 
The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, we're kicking off the Thought Leadership Series with Christopher and Sheila Cook talking about Salonics. And specifically right now, they're giving an example of how Salonics and the mindset shift that it creates can help us deal with significant societal challenges. And the the, the example they're giving is degradation of uh, soil. So, Christopher and Sheila, can you help us understand a little bit more about Salonics and specifically, as a leader, how is it going to help me solve problems, solve this problem? Okay. So, Salonics was born after 18 years' experience in the application of a purely Gravesian um, and spell dynamics-informed practice. And early on in the in the training I was doing, I was I realized that when we start to talk about integral psychology or stage development theory, which is the basis of the Graves technology, that most people didn't have a frame of reference around which to make sense of this concept that was quite new to them. And so what, we, what I did in the early days, because of my early work, well before I came across stage development theory, was I, I used a metaphor from uh, an American mathematician called Arthur Young. And his early work, he was quite famous for designing the the Bell helicopter. But he developed a metaphor of what he called the reflexive universe. And back in 1985, that was my first exposure to really what today I would call meta-theory that clearly laid out an understanding of the, the different stages of development that we've gone through both in our chemical form, our biological form, and now latterly in this conversation, our psychological form. So here I had a very simple map of 14 billion years of uh, the evolutionary journey of our um, universe into which I could then place uh, very succinctly a simple metaphor, and I use the double helix of the Graves technology, the double helix to uh, show how human consciousness has continued this successional journey of uh, 14 billion years, which started originally with the original pattern around what some would call the Big Bang or the singularity, where the initial signature was probably measured with hydrogen, helium, and lithium. And um, so Salonics provides a metaphor, provides a, a universal metaphor into which we can understand any chemical form, biological form, any aspect of human history or any aspect of human development. And latterly, when you go into the conversation around mindset, we use the, the, the structures and the understandings of human stage development to bring insight onto, into the particular ways and means, the particular biases of particular uh, individuals and organizations as they pursue 
uh, life on this planet. So I'll give you an example. Uh, in Australia, for example, uh, the agricultural form being used was a very stride-drive, success-focused, where the measure was on uh, agricultural yield and using chemicals, as one of my farmers used to say, like hundreds and thousands. And even though they were putting more and more chemicals on, striving for success, suddenly the soil started to decline. And we're seeing that, that similar decline now in, in most first world countries. And so the mindset of being driven, and, and I noticed that earlier we were talking about driving leadership, that model of being driven was starting to run out of appropriateness for the life conditions in which we're merging. The drought complete, completely changed the life conditions and the interaction between the farmer and the soil. What started to emerge then was a new understanding, and today I would call this the seventh level of being, if I use a Graves in nomenclature. And this is the, the ability of the individual not only to comprehend the, start to comprehend the complexity of our relationship with the soil in a particular environment, but start to work in a much more principle-based manner with, let's, let's today use the language we use around our work with savoury, by understanding the relationship between uh, our civilizations, our societies, and the ecosystem processes. So how water um, processes itself on the planet, how nutrients process themselves, how we convert energy from the sun into plants, etc., how nature does that for us and how we interfere with that efficiency. And last but not least, the, the way in which we work with what's called the community dynamics, a fundamental uh, evolutionary factor, the part of the creative evolutionary dynamics on the planet, that it is through the interaction with, between different chemical forms, to be, between different biological forms, between different life forms, forms and thought forms that stimulates not only the tensions that we read about in the news today or the, the, the creative solutions that we come up with, it's actually the means by which life uh, enables itself to handle its own complexity. And um, if we look in today at um, the difference or the, the, the dance we play between an understanding of the, the succession of biological life forms what the work of Graves and what Salonics does is mesh together an understanding of the human succession of consciousness and awareness with the biological succession that we can look back and see through any um, book on history or the uh, cosmology, the scientific cosmology of our universe. So we can bring together a conversation now around the physical, the biological and the psychological and when we do that, we're actually encouraging and, and stimulating a more integrative, integral awareness to look back in and see the whole. And that's why Sheila and I focus on stance. And in, in, in the introduction, you said that our mantra is stance matters and our business is enabling human emergence by providing metaphors and maps where the individual can literally see the whole and literally get it organized in their minds within 10 minutes, they can start to make decisions which are life-affirming rather than life-threatening. 
And especially when we start to realize that if we, if we link back to the soil, the, de- the degradation of the soil is directly proportional to the, the challenge we're putting on the human immune system because effectively the microbiome in our gut is effectively the same as the microbiome in the soil. We start to then realize not only the fragility of our existence at the moment because of our, ex- of our excessive domination of nature, but also we can start to see the beautiful elegance and the synergy that emerges when we start to look back in from a more integrative, integral awareness. And, and Claire Graves, I've got a quote on the wall here that I'm just going to use. Claire Graves just reminds us that humans must prepare for a momentous leap. And it's this momentous leap that 5D was created to support. It was, 5D was created as an experiment. This momentous leap is not merely a transition to a new level of existence, but the start of a new movement in the symphony of human history. And that's really the conversation I think Voice of America is supporting, is the start of this movement uh, in this new era of human history, um, where we start to handle and um, handle the complexity we've created for ourselves and start to understand how to design and inspire a way forward rather than drive a way forward. So I'm complete. So inspiring a way forward, that sounds significant. And yet many of our listeners are uh, taking an hour break or a 45-minute break during the midst of their workday. And I'm wondering how can we make this, uh, can we give a practical example that would help somebody who's sitting in Columbus, Ohio, near me, or London, or um, so in, in Japan, think through what, what does this really mean? It sounds big. What do I do with it? It is big, and there's, there's also an elegance. <laughs> it, is <big>. <laughs> it, it is big, and that's part of the challenge. But when you step into that bigness, if I use that phraseology, there's a discovery of elegant simplicity. So um, let's think of an example. Sheila's probably got one and she's being quiet. Yeah, I do. Is that all right? Yes, fire away. Okay. Um, I think there's uh, something else that um, Christopher didn't talk about yet but helps make it a bit more simple. There's something called the six conditions for change. And these are the six conditions that, um, when they're in place, enable a person to actually continue to emerge and to evolve. And so I'm just going to give you one example that that supports that. Um, This is with a farmer uh, that we recently met in Ireland. And he experienced in the room one of the six conditions for change, which is dissonance. Um, and he told the story about his son. And his son said, Dad, either you sell your cattle or I'm going to sell your cattle for you because you never have money and you never have time to spend with me. And this really hit the farmer hard because it turned out he told that same story several times that evening. And that was creating huge dissonance for him. And then in one of the, well, actually we did a number of exercises and he noticed no matter what question we asked him, he always ended up in the worldview that we call strive drive. 
And that is a scientific materialistic worldview out of which modern day agriculture springs. And it's from this scientific understanding of the world that we have prescription farming. And that's what he was doing. And he recognized that it's very intensive. And he recognized that it's stripping the soil of its ability to be fertile naturally. And he told me, though, I just don't know what else to do. And so in that moment, he was really experiencing a changed state of, I know something's wrong. I know something needs to change. I just don't know what to do. And so he was in this really perfect place of dissonance and a, a changed state that of readiness for change. Um, that's just one tiny example of how an understanding of human change, then, then we would know how to work with him uh, to lead him to where he's next naturally going. I hope that helps. It does. Just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and the other thing I would add is that the Salonics, or in that context, the holistic management framework, gives him the essential insights and provides him with the means to make decisions where he can quickly discover how to create solutions that work for him. And even though in that, in, in just in that short space of time we're with him, he could start to imagine new solutions once we started to explore with him the implications of the holistic management process. And, and the, other, the last condition for change, which is important, we recognize that um, for many of your listeners, um, it might be challenging to consider that you know, anything more than an hour might be needed to come up with a solution that works. <laughs> what we're talking about here is is putting in place a process of discovering how to make decisions that equip success in the present paradigm whilst anticipating significance in the next. And what we find when that's in place that the individual completely outperforms, but it takes time. And part of our challenging work with the farmers is that it's a typical 12 to 18 month process to support them on a journey towards their new significance. So that seems foundational as we talk about a lot of these different change methodologies from um, holacracy to in implementing an enterprise software system. The idea that I'm going to have to... Um, have running in the background this additional algorithm of org transformation that's really going to drain a lot of energy from me. And here I hear you saying, by during the process of change, I will become more effective as I'm building my foundation for the next uh, layer of change. Did I get that right? Yeah, and I, I did go even further. For me, what it releases is what I would call a magnificent process where the individual is realizing they're learning to utilize latent capacities that in many cases are laying dormant within them. And traditional education and leadership practices discard that. So there's this wonderful, magnificent process of discovery where they're led by their own curiosity to see what's possible. And one of the key challenges is to make sure they're surrounded by peers and supported by individuals like us that can just help them uh, legitimize um, doing things differently and also legitimize the time, energy, resources to allow themselves to grow into the space that's already grown. 
that's a perfect note to take a break on. And again, to summarize, part of why this is so effective is it is helping people recognize, bring to consciousness these latent capacities that are already within them. So we're not building or or changing them, but in fact, allowing them to be more effective as they currently are. And at the same time, that's preparing them for the next step. So, so our second maxim, if I, if I could offer this, is remember that the change has already happened. You're just learning to grow into it. That's beautiful. It, it sounds a whole lot less scary. It so is, this- and it's a whole lot more fun. <laughs> Okay, so this is Maureen Metcalf with Christopher Cook and Sheila Cook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, and they are kicking off our Thought Leadership Series. We'll be back momentarily. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. With co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass, Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Hi, and welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf with Christopher and Sheila Cook talking about Salonics. And and Sheila, you mentioned that you would like to walk us through a more concrete example. Again, we're taking something that the two of you have been studying, Christopher for decades and Sheila for years, and maybe also decades, and trying to help people understand in 45 minutes. So, so if we can give a concrete example, I think that may help uh, make this more practical. Yes. I'm going to frame these worldviews from what we're calling leadership intelligences. It's just one of many ways that we could actually look at these coping means that are within us. So the first level is what we would call a nurturing provider. That would be the leadership intelligence. And the leadership maxim might be to satisfy basic needs. And a mother and a father are a great example of this type of leadership intelligence. And uh, the code name that we use for that is beige, and that might help us later on in the conversation. Next is traditional protector, and the leadership maxim is to assure safety and uphold traditions. Purple. Respected boss is the third one, and this one is about getting respect and remaining on top. The shorthand for it is red. Then we come with rightful authority is the next leadership intelligence, and the maxim is to follow the ordained rules, and blue is the shorthand. And then strategic entrepreneur comes next, win the game and strive to be the best, and that's orange. Next is sensitive facilitator, and this means to enable the human potential, including my own. Green is the shorthand. And then systemic navigator is yellow. The maxim is do what I know is needed with awareness of the impact on all life. And finally, global catalyst is turquoise. And the maxim is to ensure that both humanity and planet thrive. And for listeners who who have heard us talk about the leader 2050 mindset or the the strategist mindset we're really talking about this yellow framework so it, this all of what Sheila and Christopher are talking about ha- has a pretty strong connection not a one to one mapping but a strong connection back to the developmental levels that that we presented earlier so this is the the group that is looking at doing what what we know is needed and taking more of a systemic view yeah, so our systemic navigator, what she'll describe as a systemic navigator and global catalyst, maps totally onto your 2050 um, conversation. And I'd just like to add here that, obviously, when we're exploring this, one of the things I've discovered over the 18 years that I've been focused on this is that language is so important. And what we what we discovered early on is that one really has to slow right down and, and translate or define every term we use. And over the last four years, when we decided to go public with Salonics, because Salonics had been hidden, because it it was uh, it, it wasn't it didn't appear to be um, ready. The, the world wasn't ready, I suppose I would, I would describe it. We had great fun redefining these terms and checking things out. And I'll give you an example. So we talk about the global catalyst, this uh, holistic thinking, this the, the capacity to 
holographically sense uh, what's going on on the planet. And we use the term global catalyst. And I was in South Africa recently, and a leading academic turned to me and said, Christopher, he said, I realize they use the term catalyst. He said, but I seem to remember that a catalyst remains unchanged when it interacts with the world around it or as part of a chemical reaction. And I said, ah, the word I'd really like to use is global inoculant. But I can't use that word yet because many aren't ready for that conversation. And the difference between a catalyst and an inoculant, for example, is an inoculant changes when it actually comes into contact with the um, the soil or the, the particular environment in which it's been applied. So we're into a conversation here where we're looking at the close interaction between how we think as a species and the environment or the life conditions in which we find ourselves. And I sometimes call that working with the dance of all life. So my understanding, and again, please feel free to correct me, as I'm working with the dance of all life, what I walked away from my early spiral dynamics conversations is not only do I as the leader need to change, but I also need to recognize that systems go through these levels and that I can't create a, a, an orange system or a green system if we're in beige. So, so I need to help this. And my example uh, from some travels in Africa were traveling with my guide and he had a small farm and he was paying bribes or payoffs or whatever you call it to the to the local police to protect his farm plot so that when he went back the vegetables he had grown for his family would be there in that environment introducing human rights isn't going to stick because people are trying to meet basic needs of food and safety and security so human rights are a, a nice to have but really until I have enough food and security for my family it's just not something I have the capacity to understand once I have uh, stable commerce then I can introduce or stable legal structure then I can introduce more more commerce and then once I have stable commerce that provides for all of my needs economic and and safety and security then I worry about human rights so that it's a building process, and if we get them in the wrong order, they are unlikely to stick. Is that an accurate perception? That, that is an accurate perception, and it also reinforces the, the, that when we're working here, when we're talking about the coping means or the, uh, the complex adaptive intelligences that create these um, codes and patterns that we map out as stage development, um, we're working with the biological, psychological, cultural, and social systems expression of those coping means. So this is where I think some of the, 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 real, the real initial challenge in this work comes to the surface because these are intelligences that speak through us, that influence all that we do, say, and think. Mm-hmm. And it's that... It's that it's that reframing of our understanding of how we exist as a species as really effectively as someone like Ken Wilber would say, these habituated patterns of the cosmos speak through us. So these stage development frameworks and certainly the, the work of Graves take us to an understanding of these 
fractal-like intelligences that influence not only how we think, but as we think in that way, we design systems, we design architecture, mm-hmm. we design our, uh, we experience and interact culturally in ways that are reflections of the biases, the natural biases and uh, at, uh, attributes of those intelligences as they influence all that we do, say and think. So part of what I walked away with is a, is a perspective that if my environment, the environment that I'm trying to change, so I see a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have enough water in a community somewhere in Africa. I can't implement a yellow solution or an advanced solution in an environment that isn't ready to absorb that kind of solution. I really have to, and it sounds so reasonable as I say it, but I have to meet them where they are. If the issue is people are walking down to, uh, walking two miles to a creek with baskets of water that they put on their heads and walk back, and because of that, because that's a woman's job, young girls aren't getting education, then potentially inserting a pipeline to pump water won't necessarily address the issue, the cultural issue of women in education. Well, let's let's use that little example you've given. We can give you a a case study from a a community we visited in Zimbabwe recently where, yes, many technological solutions have gone in place to extract more water from groundwater, drilling wells and traditional technological solutions. Mm -hmm. But the real solution that we're witnessing is when they learn how to interact as a community with their environment. Right. So I spoke with uh, Precious, who was the trainer of holistic management at the Sazinda community. And I asked her, you know, did you run into any obstacles when you first started introducing holistic management into this community of 47 families? And she said, yes. And it was really overcoming the notion they had uh, that um, any problems on their land were created by their ancestors uh, trying to get at them for something bad that they had done. And so it was kind of a superstitious belief. And um, re- and that's really coming out of the second uh, worldview, the purple tribal bond uh, worldview, uh, believing in the the spirits or the ancestors creating the problems of today, which made it impossible for them to actually do anything about the soil degradation that they were experiencing. And she worked actually for several years with the tribal leader and with the tribe to help them see that actually it was their own human action that led to the degradation on their land. And once they got through that, that barrier, they finally were able to start learning about holistic management and they applied it magnificently and to the point where they're having huge success and the success can be seen in the effective water cycle. So when they first arrived at um, Sizinda community, um, their water in their river would dry up only a couple months after the rainy season ended, which is about a six-month rainy season and a six-month dry season. So you can imagine that's a long time to have a dry river. Now that they're practicing holistic management and it's just been a few years, 
Their water flows all year round. They now have an effective water cycle. And so that is a really great example of how a worldview can prevent the adoption of um, a new way of thinking, a new technology. And, but the release of that belief enabled it to all happen. And they jumped really seven worldviews to be able to uh, make that implementation. So what we're seeing also hearing in this story, Maureen, is that uh, many of the solutions to many of our problems are natural. If we understand how nature works and understand how to um, get out of its way, it can sustain and support us in ways that are literally beyond current comprehension. So in, our, in the launch of our work here in the UK with the Savory Institute, for example, even in an area where we've got the highest agricultural production on the, on the planet in terms of benchmarks, uh, we, the promise that we're making is that for a grassland uh, farming practice, that the, the, the promise is a doubling of productivity over their existing operation. And this we're finding actually is a gross underestimate based on the work we've done over the last six months. So integrative, integral awareness sees uh, and experiences life in a new way and comes up with solutions that outperform the present paradigm. So that's a beautiful way to wrap up. Can you say that again? Because I'm not sure I'm going to get it. Integrated, integral awareness brings about solutions that we had not seen before? Yes, it's the, it's the essence of our innovation, and it's an innovative form that leads to an elegant simplicity. And, and in that process, for, for ourselves, in our work, we see that's the path for inspiration, where the, in, the individual finds themselves pulled into a future that's waiting for them, rather than pushed into making decisions and solutions that are anti-life and the natural order of things. Thank you. Again, a beautiful summation, and I'm going to add to that just a little. The work that Christopher and Sheila are doing really provide us with multiple frameworks to look at how do we solve some of the most complex problems. We've talked about water in Africa, but the same framework is also helpful in corporations that where, where many of our listeners are working, that, that this granularity and understanding of movement across levels and that many of the constituents in our organization may be at some of these earlier levels while some of our leaders are at later levels. So we're designing solutions that aren't aligned with with our participants. They're not aligned with nature. And because of that misalignment, we're creating uh, solutions that that can't effectively deliver the results we're trying to deliver. So again, thank you to both of you. Uh, this is Maureen Metcalf. We're uh, engaging in the Thought Leadership Series, and I invite our listeners to reach out to me. If there's something, something that you've heard on the show today that is that you have a question about that you would like to share, please email me at info at metcalf-associates.com. And I hope that what you've heard today has, in fact, given you information that can expand your perspective and expand your thinking and help you consider what you might do to be a more effective leader. So thank you and please join us next week for the executive series listening to Angela Mazzocco. 
Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 